Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Makers of the Quip Electric Toothbrush want you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It's simply this, that if you have good habits, you are good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. The Quip Floss Dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush head, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com busted right now, you get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash busted. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash busted. Quip, the good habits company. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray, and I discuss further about AEW and NXT and the differences between the two now that AEW once again beat NXT in the ratings. Also, speaking of AEW, we continue our conversation about significant moments so far in the short history of AEW, what has been the most significant moment. And also a very special segment, story time with Bully Ray. Bully shares some stories about Chris Benoit and Brian Pillman Jr. All right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Alex Metz put up a poll yesterday at Busted Open Radio. And I said... And there's also a, a video up at Busted Open Radio as well, at David LaGreca1 and at BullyRay5150. Bully, you and I talking about that moment uh, from AEW Dynamite Wednesday with Cody doing that moonsault off the top of the cage. And I said it was the most significant moment in the short history of AEW. Alex Metz put up the poll, and he put up four different options. And Alex, um, what were the four options that you put up on the poll yesterday? The four options were Chris Jericho winning the first ever AEW championship, John Moxley's arrival at Double or Nothing, MJF's turn on Cody Rhodes, or Cody's moonsault from Dynamite last night, two nights ago. Sorry. Okay, and how many votes did we get on the poll? About a th- about 3,000 votes. Okay, 3,000 votes, pretty yep. good. And what's the winner? Uh, by a landslide, Moxley's arrival, forty-five, uh, 43.5% of the vote. Interesting. Uh, does that moment as the winner on our poll, Bully, does that surprise you at all? 
No, not at all. I mean, Moxley was a big deal coming over to AEW. I guess it was their first huge surprise. I mean, him coming out, I mean, to me, is that a bigger moment than Chris Jericho winning the AEW uh, Heavyweight Championship for the first time? Not in my eyes, because I like to put all the prestige on the championship. So I would say number one would be Jericho. Number two would be Moxley. I know a lot of people probably voted for Cody's moonsault um, because, you know, they were, st- they were still in that honeymoon phase of marking out for the move off the top of the cage. But, yes, it's a, mom- it's a great moment that's going to live in time, but in the scope of what the company is so far, I think a major player like a Moxley coming over. And if you want to say Moxley coming over is a big deal, from the WWE, I almost think that Jericho, if you could put Jericho in that category, Jericho becomes a bigger name that's come over from the WWE. True. So a- Absolutely. But I think it also shows, Bully, for me, how glaring uh, that the AEW fan base is much younger, which is an extremely big positive if you're AEW because you do want a younger audience. And that, and that product does skew, too. A younger audience. We say it all the time. When you uh, look at that crowd for an AEW Dynamite, it's it's eighteen thirty five. Like that seems to be the core audience for AEW, which is different than the core audience for the WWE. I think the WWE most of the fans are under eighteen or over the age of forty five. I think the numbers prove it, especially when it comes to NXT on Wednesday night. So for me, why the Cody moment was so significant was because here's the guy who bet on himself. This is, I'm, I'm sure his ex- expectations of what was going to happen after the WWE has been far exceeded by what we saw from this company and the crowds that we're seeing and what took place on Monday. But also for me being in, in Atlanta, that's NWA country. That's, that's Georgia championship wrestling. That's, that's, that's his dad's territory. That's where he was King. So, I think a lot of fans probably over the age of 45 look back at that moment on Monday and say it was the most significant. But I think that poll shows you that the audience for AEW is much younger than my age. So you still believe that in the scope of AEW since its inception that a guy doing a move off the top of a cage is more of an impactful moment than two WWE superstars jumping ship and coming over? Because it's a moment. Like, I I think, like, the Jericho uh, coming over is more of a process than just that moment. Now, with Moxley, you could say it was a moment because it was at a pay-per-view. It was after the match with Kenny and Jericho in Vegas. He comes out. Like, that was a moment. But, again, this is where the 48-year-old is speaking. Like, to me, that moment with Cody Rhodes is like, I proved, I proved I can do it. Like you said, it was a selfish move. It's like, hey, this is what I was able to do. And also is the nostalgia when you look at it being in Atlanta with his father. So to me, that moment will always trump those other moments for me. I was watching some old Dusty stuff again last night that I just happened to come across on on, uh, the Twitter machine. And listening to Dusty talk and comparing it to a Cody talked the other day. It's it really is the same thing with the endearing yourself to the audience. Um, there is nobody better at bringing the people closer to him than Dusty. 
And that's why the Cody moment will be a bigger deal to me. I mean, Cody can't be any farther away from the people when he's standing on top of a cage, but standing up there brings the people closer. He wanted to make sure that everybody in that arena saw him, that if you were sitting in the last row, in the last seat, you felt as close to him as the people in the front row, you know, screaming from the mountaintops, this is about us not just about me. Maybe the moment was selfish in a good way, but the moment was about us, us meaning AEW, us meaning the fan base, him saying thank you, you know, for, for, you know, and coming on this ride with us and, you know, uh, tell saying how much it meant to him because two blocks over is where, you know, he learned a very important lesson from his dad. So I think that moment is going to mean a lot. To Cody, to the fans, and in the scope of AEW will be replayed for a long time. But I think things like Jericho coming over and Moxley will mean more to to the company in the long run. Because I'm looking at it from a business point of view. Um, All fantastic moves for AEW. And let me ask you this, Bully, and it's still early. Um, are you surprised by the success so far with AEW? Um, I know we don't buy into ratings like we used to, but, uh, AEW once again beat NXT in the ratings and that's coming out of what was a phenomenal NXT takeover in Portland. I actually thought, and I've been wrong. It's, it's, it's tremendous because bully, you always say I'm good at those things, but I'm really not when it comes to AEW and NXT. I have not been able to really get a good gauge on this quote unquote Wednesday night war because I thought this past Wednesday, there was a really good chance that NXT would get a better rating because, man, they have done a phenomenal job of highlighting now a Rhea Ripley and a Keith Lee. Not only on Raw, but like WWE backstage, they're interviewing Keith Lee. Rhea Ripley is now about to embark in a match with Charlotte at WrestleMania 36. You and I have talked a lot about a Bianca Belair. And then on top of that, you have a phenomenal NXT takeover. I really thought this past Wednesday that NXT was going to get a better rating than AEW. I'm I'm not shocked at all that AEW won again. Uh, the word is getting out. Uh, when when everything first started, Dave, remember I said they would shake out at around a million, uh, and I was comparing AEW on TNT to TNA on Spike because. TNA would consistently do a million plus viewers. So I didn't think it would be a big deal for AEW to get that same million. Um, and I think they're going to get there and they're going to get there relatively quickly as, you know, word continues to move through, you know, the, the wrestling audience and wrestling fans. I bet you if you looked at their plus three numbers, they're probably over a million. The, the unique thing about AEW also, you know, you talked about Keith Lee and Rhea Ripley. Uh, I can. I saw Rhea Ripley on Raw. I saw Keith Lee on backstage. I saw uh, Keith Lee in the Royal Rumble. Uh, I've seen Bianca Belair in the Royal Rumble. You're seeing these stars that you mentioned from NXT on other shows on the WWE platform, correct? Yes. Where do you get to see the Where do you get to see the AEW wrestlers? Oh, AEW Dynamite, maybe. 
you know, maybe on YouTube or, or on, on a streaming service. But for the most part, the only time you get to really see any AEW superstars is on Wednesday nights. And to me, that makes that more of must-see programming because it's the only time I get to see them for two hours on Wednesday night. So I'm going to make sure I'm tuned in. It's I mean, that's the, that's the way I look at it. And plus, I'm just going to go back to, the, to what I've been saying from day one. It's a fun show. It's a more fun show. When I watch NXT, I feel like I'm at a Rush concert. Technically, really, really sound. Really, really sound. Uh, wrestling, good stuff. Technically amazing. Hits, they hit all the notes. But a Rush concert is what it is. When I'm watching AEW, I feel like I'm at a Kiss concert. I feel like everybody's having a great time. And listen, we had a we had a caller who said that they were at the show. Uh, we had somebody call in yesterday. Said they were at the show, and the vibe from the minute you get there, from the minute you left, you could tell that everybody there is ha- there to have a great time. It's not just about getting there and then just buying a piece of merchandise and then going to your seat and kind of waiting for the show to start before you have the great time. It's about the whole aura. From the minute you park your car, actually, on the car ride there with your friends, with your family, you know, getting excited for the event. I hope this happens. I hope we see this guy parking your car, mingling in the parking lot with the other AEW fans, seeing what T-shirts they have on, talking with them, then getting into the arena, getting to your seat, the whole vibe, the whole buzz. You're riding that high for a long time. I can tell you for sure I don't think that goes on with the NXT crowd. I think the NXT crowd only comes alive once the show happens. That's interesting. And, you know, maybe we might get a call from somebody who does go to Full Sail to kind of give us a, a bird's eye view of what takes place on Wednesday. I would like Izzy's to hear about Izzy's father that. would be perfect. Yeah, if Cody's listening, please call in. I'd love to hear from Izzy or any, any member of the family because they're there every single Wednesday. And the one thing that I don't sleep on, Bully, and probably a lot of fans do – how, how many fans do you think AEW draws every Wednesday? Like, rough estimate. How many fans do you in think? In the arena? Draw? Yeah. Oh, I'd say uh, 5,000. Yeah. On an average? Like, I, I would say probably between five and 7,000 usually. Okay. On a consistent basis every single week. Like, we two years ago, Bully, you and I would not be able to have this type of conversation. Like... For such a long time, yes, like Ring of Honor was able to get, you know, 6,000 in Orlando, you know, outside Orlando around WrestleMania. We've seen other, uh, you know, we've seen TNA draw around that amount every once in a while. But for the most part, since WCW went away here in the States, Nobody was able to sell out buildings. There, there, nobody was able to come close to uh, on a consistent basis to get much this much support like we're seeing with AEW. I'm kind of enjoying that ride. Like, and this is not a, a, a hate on WWE thing, but we finally really do have like an alternative to WWE that's not only surviving but thriving. And doing it on a weekly basis, I'm not that that that's not lost on me. We haven't seen anything like AEW since WCW over 22 years ago. Now, 
whenever I listen to a different band, like if I'm an ACDC fan and I'm listening to uh, Motorhead, I don't look at Motorhead as an alternative to ACDC. I just like Motorhead. I just like something different. I never compare the two. I don't compare AEW to NXT when it comes to my fandom. Mm-hmm. Okay, I could sit here on the show and for the for the benefit of the nation, we can talk about you know pro wrestling in a smart fashion. We can analyze it. We can break it down. We can have some fun with it. But when I watch AEW, I'm watching it because I want to have fun. I my own personal reasons for watching AEW is because it reminds me so much of ECW. I almost feel like I live vicariously through those guys because I and it's here. This is going to sound really weird. I like watching them do all the wrong things and still seeing it get over because we used to do all the wrong things. And it used to get over. Yeah, and and you know what? That's not a bad thing because no. obviously, like, yeah, you you're right. And you bully. You said it yesterday. You said like, you know, I'm watching something, and they they this is not the way it was supposed to go down. This is not the way it should be. And maybe you could call it a, 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 a you know a mistake or what have you. But when the crowd is into it, and the six thousand people in attendance don't seem to give a shit, and they're cheering and they're going crazy. Well, I guess it really doesn't matter. Like you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like you said with with a band. Like, you know, if if everybody's rocking out and you hit the wrong guitar note, or the guitar string breaks and nobody notices, and they're still having a good time, well, does it really matter? Dave, two summers ago, I went to go see Ozzy in Jersey. I invited you. You blew me off. Um, Ozzy. Start singing, uh, I think it was Mama, I'm Coming Home or Road to Nowhere and completely forgets all of the words in the middle of the song. Sings all the, sings it and they plow through the song. Zach Wilde walks over to Ozzy. He's whispering the uh, lyrics to the song in his ear. A complete botch fest, right? Mm-hmm. Ozzy gets to the end of the song. He's like, that song really, really sucked. Let's do it again. Huge pop. When people are there to have a great time, they don't care. Mistakes are going to happen. The AEW fan base are so on board with the, 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 the talent that's there and the company that they're willing to forgive and forget right now. The ECW fan base, if you screwed up in front of them, they would hammer you for it, but then go right back to loving you and being on board. That, that's why it's so much fun for me to watch it. Because I could, because I see the things. I'm like, oh my god, that was so wrong. And then I listen and go, oh, but the people are going crazy. So what does it matter? It, it doesn't. It really doesn't matter. And you'll have a lot of people out there who say, oh, this is not good for the business. This is killing the business. This is doing that. I I don't know what's do- the business is evolving, and if you evolve with it, I don't think you can kill it. Can you kill an old school mentality? Not really, because that old school mentality can be brought back the following week. If you go see, let's see if I can give you a, um, if you go see Penn and Teller, right? The Mm -hmm. magicians, Penn and Teller, aren't they very different type of magicians? Yes. Different character, different personality than what you're used to with a magician, for sure. I'm sure if Harry Houdini saw Penn and Teller, he'd be like, oh, my God, these guys are killing the business. Yeah. But they got over. 
I'm sure if old school magicians saw new school magicians, they'd be like, they're doing this all wrong. They're killing everything that I worked for. You know, I used to hang upside down in a, in a, in a dunk tank underwater for real. No, you didn't. There was a gimmick to it. And your gimmick worked, just like their gimmick worked. Wow. You saw the woman in half one way, they're sawing the woman in half in a different way. And if there's people in the crowd who paid to see it, who's right and who's wrong? If you want to feel fresh, look good, and smell clean, you don't need a whole makeover or a lot of cold, hard cash. You just need grooming products from Bravo Sierra, the company that makes simple, all U.S.-made, non-toxic products everyone can afford. Bravo Sierra's line of body and hair wash, deodorant, shaving cream, sunscreen, body wipes, and moisturizer are field-tested by those who work it the hardest active service members of the U.S. military. They have pioneered an unprecedented large-scale testing program with 1,000 active duty service members with a simple idea. If the products work for them, they will work for all of us. But it doesn't stop there. Bravo Sierra also gives back 5% of their sales to programs that help the military and their families. Men's Health Magazine calls it a game-changing grooming line. Try the Bravo Sierra Starter Set for free. It's three of their best-selling products, full size. You only pay $6.95 for shipping for a limited time only. Just go online to bravosierra.com slash SiriusXM. That's bravosierra.com slash SiriusXM for your free starter kit. I love what you had to say, though, about... AEW and their crowd, and we talked to Joe, and Joe actually did your your exercise on Wednesday about listening and not watching, but listening, and and listen, uh, they're doing it obviously for for cost reasons, having NXT at full sale. People didn't have a problem with NXT at full sale when it was on the WWE Network, but now that it's on USA and going head to head with AEW, and I think that's the biggest thing, bully, is that. This was their move. This was their defensive move by putting NXT up against AEW. But when you do that, then people are going to compare it. If AEW was on a Thursday and NXT was on Wednesday, I don't think people would be making those comparisons. And I don't know if people would have a problem with NXT being at full sale. Do you agree? Uh, you don't think people would have? No, I, I agree. Yes. So it's it's really their fault by making this move and doing what they were supposed to do. Actually, let me ask you it's this. A, like, like I said, Dave, complete defensive move. Yes. All right. So let me ask you this. And now I know we're only what it is October, so we're not to, we're only talking about four, you know, a little over four months since they made the move, and both shows have been on TV head to head. But judging from it right now and looking at it right now, do you think they made the right move by putting NXT up against AEW? Looking Absolutely. at it right now. Absolutely. How many people, how many, uh, what's the average for NXT, would you say? NXT, Off the top of your head. NXT has been averaged about 700,000. That's 700,000 people that are not watching AEW. Of course it was a good move. It's chess. They moved. WWE move. I told you day one, Dave, Vince McMahon will never let another wrestling company have a night unopposed. It ain't happening. 
a complete defensive move. And as long as 700,000 people are watching NXT, that means 700,000 people are not watching AEW. Well, let me ask you this. Does it hurt, though, when you're going up head-to-head with another show and you're losing? Like, this is a WWE product. For decades, the WWE lost to no one. Nobody. I mean, and whenever anybody went up against the WWE product, they lost. Now, AEW is going up against NXT, and NXT is just not now a developmental show, according to the WWE, because now you're seeing, I mean, hell, Rhea Ripley, who is the NXT Women's Champion, is going to have a match defending that championship at WrestleMania. So this is not that developmental uh, you know, one-hour show on the network anymore. This is a two-hour live show on USA, and you're losing to another wrestling company. Does that look bad to the WWE at all? Perception-wise, absolutely. Because perception-wise, every Thursday when those ratings come out, and for the majority of the weeks, AEW has been winning, that's how people are going to take it. AEW won this week. AEW won this week. AEW won this week. People are not going to sit here and kind of dissect what's going on. People might not realize, or by listening to the show, they may realize that WWE being on Wednesday nights is a defensive move by the company because Vince has already gone on record to say, I will never let what happened on Monday nights happen again. AEW is going to continue to pick up steam, but listen, NXT is going to do the same thing. Competition is good. And when it, you know, with Joe in North Carolina saying, hey, he took my advice and he watched both, you know, he listened to both shows. Dave, imagine you walked into a big fancy hotel that had a lot of like, um, you know, like ballrooms, mm-hmm. you know, ballroom A, ballroom B. And in ballroom A, There's a fantastic wedding going on. Everybody's up and dancing. And in ballroom B, everybody's sitting down to have dinner. And you're a wedding crasher. Which one are you going to? You're going to go to the one where everyone's dancing. Of course. And that's what they're doing on AEW every Wednesday night. I I really try to be nice about it on this show. I really, really do. If I was dead on balls, brutally honest about the situation... I would be I, I, I would I would incinerate everybody when it came to how much better perception wise AEW is than NXT. I'm not talking about the in-ring product because the in-ring product can suck and it wouldn't matter. Well, I mean, I think you've said plenty of times on this show that when we used to compare the two shows on a Thursday morning and I asked you which show did you like better Like, usually it's NXT that you like better over AEW, but you always bring up perception-wise, crowd-wise, production-wise, look-wise, do you have to give the check mark to AEW? AEW, I keep saying the same word, but it's the best word. It's more fun. I don't know what's going to happen. They're keeping me on the edge of my seat. I legit, Dave, what did you say to me in our phone conversation last week? You said, you're right. I can't turn the channel. It's hard to. And and you know what? Like this this past Wednesday, and again, like you know, I'm asked all the time, "What are my favorite shows?" And as I always say, NWA is my favorite show. It's not even NXT or AEW, but they would probably be two and three if I made a list of my top five shows. Um, 
It's very, very difficult when I start watching AEW to turn and put on NXT. I usually watch NXT after AEW. This past Wednesday, Bully, I said, you know what? I'm making a conscious effort. I'm going to start with NXT. NXT started with that long package of what took place at NXT TakeOver in Portland. I know they have to do that. They should do that. It was one hell of a show, and they had to recap, recap what happened for the people who didn't watch it on the WWE Network. But... Halfway through that, I'm like, all right. I switched over to AEW, and they had that they had that battle royal. Well, the boom, I'm stuck. There's nothing that's that egregiously bad, like you said, because of the reaction from the crowd that's going to make me want to turn over to the other channel. And they still have the visual during the breaks. So it's hard to be like, all right, let me check out what NXT is doing. It's difficult on Wednesdays. People are bitching about AEW's picture-in-picture. And I believe that's what keeps me around more than anything else. Because they're, they're not just doing BS throwaway stuff in their picture-in-picture. Picture. I'm actu- actually interested. And because I can't hear what's going on in the picture-in-picture, picture, I'm forced to watch. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, I remember when Nyla Rose put somebody through a table uh, in a commercial rake in the picture-in-picture, picture, and people like, that's so stupid. You never do that. You should never waste that. To me, it wasn't wasted. To me, it kept me on the channel. Holy crap, they're going to a major commercial break and she's pulling out a table and she's setting up a table and now she's going to put somebody through a table in commercial break? I don't want to miss this. I'm not changing the channel. They're doing a phenomenal job with their picture-in-picture when they go to commercial breaks. People feel like they're throwing away content. They're not throwing away content. They're keeping the hook in your mouth. The content that you're getting in that picture-in-picture is like 1A, and what you're getting on the show is 1. You're getting the meat and potatoes. Actually, I'm sorry, you're, get, you're getting the meat on, on you know, the show, and then potatoes and carrots and, and peas in the picture-in-picture. But sometimes those potatoes, carrots, and peas are just as good as the steak. It's actually brilliant for another reason, too, because if you see it on the picture-in-picture and go, holy crap, look at what they're doing, it also drives you to their social media accounts because then they put the raw footage out on social media later. So it keeps you on the channel, and you go to social media and follow their accounts. Now, listen, when it comes to Wednesday, and this is why I bring it up, and you talk about perception, and I talk about the WWE and them losing to, you know, losing to AEW each and every Wednesday. You know, you can't compare it to obviously Mondays and Fridays. Mondays and Fridays, their average SmackDown and Raw both average about two and a half million viewers each and every Monday and Friday. So obviously there's not an issue there. The WWE has two other shows on TV, one on network TV on prime time that's doing a hell of a lot better than what AEW is doing. That's why I wonder if this was the right move to make, Bully, because right now it's it's sixteen three and one. That's the record for AEW. 16 wins, three losses, and a tie. That's a that's a monster record going up against the WWE product. Now, is it Raw or SmackDown? No, it's not. But to the perception of the WWE, they're they're trying to sell their fan base that this is another show and another brand. It's no longer a developmental brand. It's not a B show. You have three A shows during your week. Well, one of your A shows is losing to another wrestling company. So that's why perception is reality, bully. So, I'm agreeing. 
So, and and I don't know if and and here's the thing, AEW based on that rating. So you're you're right. Like maybe that rating would have been much bigger. I don't know how much bigger it would have been bigger if there was no NXT, but they're still beating your ass on Wednesdays and they just signed another three year deal with TNT. So this company's not going anywhere anytime soon. And even though TV ratings aren't what they used to be, every single every single Thursday, you're seeing all over social media how AEW beat the WWE another week. So I don't know if the WWE looks at this as like it's a good thing or a bad thing. And I'm wondering in some ways if they're maybe regretting the decision. Because you're right. Maybe you're getting another. And I don't even know if it would be 700,000 because I still think there's people who watch both. You'll get probably a few hundred extra thousand people watching AEW. But I just think it's the perception of knowing that an AEW show is beating a WWE product. And what people think of it and how maybe even mainstream, how it makes AEW, forget all that. It may look, may look, AEW may look bigger now because, hey, we're beating the WWE on Wednesdays. Maybe the numbers don't even matter. Just knowing the knowledge and having the truth and the fact that they're beating them every single Wednesday might be bigger than a, a few hundred extra thousand people watching your show. If you don't think that they know every little thing that's going on and how it's affecting them, just look to week one when they fired off that congratulatory letter to AEW and then reminded them that it's a, uh, a marathon and not a sprint. And at the end of the day, the WWE is right. And, it's, and it was a masterful move by them because they're congratulating AEW, but that letter will live forever. And if NXT ever overtakes AEW and AEW were to ever go away, WWE is going to go right back to that letter and go, hey, remember that letter when we told you it was a marathon and not a sprint? Makes for a hell of a documentary on the WWE Network one day. Absolutely. Called but the I don't Wednesday think Night a- War. <laughs> but as I told you, know, you, you asked me um, you know, months ago about AEW and if it's going to survive and this and that. People like Chris Jericho don't sign contracts with companies if they think they're going to go away in a, in a short amount of time. And we already know that AEW is sticking around for a while because the TNT contract got um, extended. Listen, man, all we're doing now is sit back. At, we enjoy, we're enjoying the ride every Wednesday. I know why I like AEW. I know why I like NXT. I watch these products for two completely different reasons. But at the end of the day, I have one reason that I watch both shows, to see which one can hook me. I'm basically, I put myself out there every Wednesday and go, okay, boys, okay, girls, do what you got to do. Who can get me now? If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM. No car required. LaGreca gets so excited because we got a group text with like LaGreca, Jericho, Dolph, and myself. And LaGreca gets all giddy. No, that's not true. 
You're the I, first no, one to text back. No, that's whenever, not, everybody. That, actually, that's that, not no, true. It's a complete truth. No, that complete is 100% truth. not 100% true. 100% not true. Let's be correct. honest and truthful here. Let's be honest and truthful here. Let me ask you, Bully. Who's usually the first person to text in that group? You. No, it's not true. <laughs> no, no, wait. To Who, send out the yeah, initial so text? Who's the initiator in the conversation? Jericho. Yes, Jericho. Who's usually, the first one to text back? I'm I'm second. There's somebody Bullshit. else who's first. You're that the is, first no, one. No, that is because not you're true. like, oh my, oh my God, Chris Jericho has got me on, on a group chat. See now, and you, look, look at see, you. You're laughing now right you're, now. No, I'm not you're smiling. Now I'm not that's your you're that's lying. your poker face. That is you're lying. You're lying now. I am I am never. I make it a conscious effort not to be the first one to text back. Why am I ready to text? Yes. I ne- Why? Never Why do you make a conscious effort not to text be, first? I don't want to be the first one. I Why? don't want to be the first. Because I know you would use it against me. And you are I'm right te- now. I'm and telling it's the truth. truth. And it's not I'm even telling true. The truth. And it's your you no, it's a lie. You're lying. All of these texts. So you say I will them. screen so cap them. Oh. I will screen cap them and put them on go social ahead. media because to show that you are the first one who responded. Never the first. I, Always the I first. will say this. I will say this. I have the best text out of everybody. I make the best point when it comes to the text messages in that group chat. I am the We're voice. Talking, I'm the voice of reason in that. Yeah, in normally that we're just t- talking yeah. about rock and roll. Yeah. How could you be the voice of reason? That's right. As I said it, and I'm not the first. Usually second. Oh my God, Chris! You're Dolph last. Texted me. You're always last. Yeah, because I could care less. <laughs> All right, let's get serious for a second. XM and and oh my oh really you're gonna you're gonna have to talk again before the end of the show because that cannot be the last thing you say. You said get serious, uh, bully, and you're not saying anything. You're keeping quiet. <laughs> you're actually I was actually, I was actually tweeting Matt Camp. All right, I want to go back to something before we get to the nation. We are going to get to the nation. I promise you the second half of the show is all going to be the nation until Gabby hits the finisher on Alex Metz <laughs> at the end of the show. Sam Roberts, I bring, I brought this up before. Sam Roberts was a guest on this show with Mark and I, and I was all upset about uh, the fact that there was no NXT wrestlers that were, and we were only a couple of days away, Um from the Royal Rumble, and there was no NXT names confirmed for the Rumble, especially in the men's match. And we talked about it, and Sam said that he looked at that as a positive and a good thing, that NXT is kind of like the rebel brand of the WWE. They need to stay as far apart from Raw and SmackDown as possible because then it's going to kind of lose its mystique. Then it's going to become just another show. Do you think... Bully, since what we saw at the Royal Rumble, that we've seen too much of NXT wrestlers on other WWE programming, and that could cause a problem down the road for NXT. Once you see the NXT wrestlers on Raw or SmackDown or backstage, that Rebel feel is gone. I... To me, if you want that place to f- truly feel like its own brand, you would never cross the streams. But they cross the streams on purpose. One, because they want to. One, because they have to. 
They want to because they have to make new stars, and you want to integrate the stars of NXT with the stars of Raw and SmackDown. And they have to because of the, the, the gun they have to their head every Wednesday night now. That's why you see the Beckys or the Charlottes or the Seths or, or the AJs floating down to NXT every once in a while on a Wednesday night. So I don't look at NXT as a rebellious company at all, especially when you know the inner workings of the whole company and you know that it really is a place for guys and gals to go to perform and it could be a home for life or it could be your home until tomorrow and you get the phone call to come up. And that's it. That's the reality of NXT. So is it really a uh, breeding ground? Is it really the minor leagues of the WWE I could, if somebody were to make that argument, I, I would listen to that argument because they could be right. Is it its own brand? Yeah, I'd listen to that argument. Mm. I, if, if I was arguing for either, either side, either point, I could make a good argument. Because is, isn't NXT the triple A of the WWE? It's- How many people go straight to the main roster? Very few. AJ Styles, who else? Oof, AJ Styles. I, I can't. How many pl- how many players come out of college and go straight to the NFL or sh- I'm sorry, how many players come out of college uh, in Major League Baseball and go straight to the majors? Not none, zero. Every once in a, a blue moon, like Haley's Comet, you see a kid come out of high school or college that's good enough to go right. I'm sorry, right out of college. Who's good enough to go into into Major League Baseball? If not, they got to go through the system. Everybody has to go through the system because they have to build you up the way they want to build you up and get you ready for that main roster. So I guess by definition, it is kind of like the minor league of the WWE, but they are performing at major league levels. Yeah, and and your and like their shows are usually out, you know, outperforming what you see on a on a regular Raw and SmackDown pay per view. But also now though that you're going to see a Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, you saw the performance of a Keith Lee at the Rumble. You know, you're seeing Shayna Baszler right now on Monday Night Raw, and she's still being labeled as an NXT performer, even though. Probably once this storyline kicks into high gear, that's not going to be the case anymore. I'd be surprised if it is. But they're integrating NXT wrestlers to those other shows. So, but this is where, Bully, your perception argument comes into play. Because if your argument is that it's not a AAA and that it is a main roster and we're equal to Raw and SmackDown... This is where the argument of perception comes, and that is that you're in a place that holds 400, while the other two shows are in places that hold 10,000. That's where the perception that you always say about Wednesday nights, that's when it comes into play. Absolutely. I know why ECW stayed in the ECW arena. It was a special home, and it was the place that the entire revolution was born out of. With Full Sail, that's not the case. Full Sail is a, they are there for business reasons that go way beyond just the in-ring product. They stay at Full Sail because it makes sense when it comes to dollars and cents. 
I think you'd see a diff- Imagine next week. NXT announced NXT is coming live from New York City or Philadelphia or Boston or Chicago. You don't think you're going to see a difference, A, in the product and B, in the fan interaction? And I also think, Bully, you're going to see, a, a, I think, a jump in the ratings because then you're going to have that test that you always talk about listening. Now it's now now that's going to be on an equal plane because we know from watching NXT TakeOvers how hot that crowd well, how, look how hot that crowd was in Portland. Now they're going to be on the same plane. So here, I'm going to give somebody in the nation a homework assignment to do because I think this will be interesting. Uh, anybody who wants to try this would be more than happy to listen to your feedback. Take the one TakeOver show that you think was the loudest and the most energetic. Take the AEW show that you think was the most uh, was the loudest and energetic. Put them on two separate computers or two separate TVs. Cover the TVs and just listen. And tell me what you think is sounds better. It's going to be really hard to decipher. Yes, I would think that is unless probably people, very, very Unless close. people are chanting NXT or AEW, it's going to be really hard to decipher because you're going to have the same energy in the room. And we, and we agree 100% that when we get takeovers from different cities, those fans are on fire. And we're constantly coming on the show and going, that was the best takeover we ever saw. That was the best takeover we ever saw. We're constantly putting NXT over for their takeovers. It's hard to put NXT over on Wednesdays when we're comparing it to AEW because of the crowd. I can sit here and tell you all day long that this past Wednesday night, Devlin versus Rush was the best wrestling match on Wednesday night. Of the two shows. But I can tell you that was Cody and Wardlow a good wrestling match? Hell no. It was a phenomenal story, though. And a phenomenal story with emotional investment will win 100% of the time when it comes to me over a match with good moves. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Are you ready to go out to the Busted Open Nation? I've been ready to go out to the nation for the past 12 segments. All right, let's go out to Rob in Buffalo. Rob has a question for you, Bully. Go ahead, Rob. Good morning, and I would have to say if Gabby has a finisher, Bubba, you got to teach her the full Nelson Bubba Bomb because he has no spine. Wow. Rob. Oh, hot take. I'd do it. Gabby Bomb. Um, There we go. Uh, With wrestling today, I can't get into it. I've tried on every channel. I've tried weeks. Eddie was always my guy when I was a kid from 96 his passing Bubba you were in the ring with him what made Eddie so special to wrestlers us fans know what we saw but what did you witness in the ring with him charisma intensity those are the two words that come to mind and if if you can't get into wrestling these days and if you're a big Eddie Guerrero fan I encourage you to watch Angel Garza I've seen a little bit of him, and I'm enjoying it, 
I need to get more of his personality, I guess, because I know okay, and, and, and you should see great together. They do, and I prefer Angel with Selena uh, more than uh, I did um, Andrade. I believe that uh, Angel Garza is a breakout star in the Eddie Guerrero sense. So I encourage you to watch more of his stuff, whether it's on NXT or on the main roster. Will do, and I also love watching uh, you and Spike versus Eddie and Chris from back in 2002. You guys did put on a phenomenal tables match back then. I appreciate that was Benoit's first match back after being gone for a year because of the top rope table bump he took in TLC three. Actually, a very interesting story about that night. If you want to hear it, Dave. Absolutely. And Rob, thanks for the phone call. Go ahead, bully. So when Benoit first came back after he was gone for a year, I believe he had the neck surgery. He um, he was teaming with Eddie because they were just trying to get him back into the swing of things. And it was Eddie and Chris versus me and Spike. And we had a little program that culminated in a tables match. And that first night that Chris had to get back in the ring, he pulled me on the side and he said, Bub, I need you to do me a favor. And I said, sure, Chris, what do you need? He goes, I need you to beat the shit out of me out there. He goes, I want you to chop me as hard as you can. He goes, make me bleed if you can. I go, okay, Chris, why? He goes, I'm just really nervous about being back out there and I need somebody to bring it out of me. So I said, yeah, sure, Chris, no problem. You know, and I put him in the corner, and I hauled off, and I chopped the shit out of him. I picked him back up. I went to chop him again, and he dropped down, and he bailed out on me. And then when it was all over, I said, Chris, what the hell? He goes, man, that first one was good. It lit me up. So that's, that's my Benoit story. Let me Chris ask asked you, me to beat the shit out of him. Let me ask you something. Did you need that at times? Did you need, like, I'm, you know, did you need, like, hey, I, I really need to get hit here to get myself, like, up or get myself ready. Did you ever need any physicality similar to that to get you up for a match? No. I was the guy doing the the waking up. Ask Tommy about it. He'll tell you. I would put to- Tommy was such a slug sometimes. <laughs> I would legit put, I would put Tommy in the corner and smack him in the face as hard as I could. And I just to wake him up and then he'd be a house of fire. I would do it to a lot of guys. I would go out there and do something that we didn't, you know, maybe didn't discuss or I'd or I'd stiff him a little bit just to bring that fire out of him. One time I stiffed Eddie Guerrero really good that he was a house of fire all night. It's just it's just one of those things that you do. And, you know, you, you learn not to, you know, take things personally. You're just doing it to wake the other guy up and bringing the best possible performance out of him. I wonder if that happens now because, you know, pro wrestling has changed a lot. Like Rob was saying, he's trying to find something to kind of gravitate towards as an old school fan. And um, would you say, maybe this is the wrong term to say, but there was a lot more aggression in pro wrestling 20, 25, 30 years ago than there is now in 2020? Um, I think the I think the levels of physicality are the same, but I think things like I just described, like lighting a guy up just to bring the best out of him, I don't know how much that would go on anymore. It's a very it's a very old school mentality. Mm-hmm. If you had, um, let's say somebody was in the ring with Jericho, and they're not exactly bringing it, I'm sure Jericho would slip one in, just let him go. Hey man, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's liven up here. Pillman was so freaking like worked up the other night that his first shot 
bloodied my nose. Yeah. So I didn't even have to touch him and he was ready to go. And that's the intensity that I look for. I want to bring that intensity out of you. I want you to I want you to be like, holy crap, this guy's trying to beat the shit out of me. Because that's going to make for a better match. It's going to make for a more intense match. The people are going to be into it a lot more. I like my wrestling snug. I want everything to be there. I want everything to look great. You want it to look real. Well, you use the word, not me. I want it to look great. Okay. And, and everything that I do in the ring is real. There's nothing about my physicality or nothing about the physicality that I expect done back to me that I don't want to be real. I've, wor- I've worked with guys that, like this old school working, which technically is the right way of working. Like, I've been in there with Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton and didn't even know they were touching me. I was so confused, I didn't know what to do. Like, Condry had me in an arm ringer, and I couldn't even feel him touching my skin. But wow. I needed to sell because he had me in an arm ringer. I didn't know what to do. But if you ask, you know, old school wrestlers, like real old school wrestlers, they'll be like, yeah, that's how you worked back in the day. That's how light they worked. I was in the ring with Brian Lee. Like, I, I, light as a feather. If I wasn't facing him, I would have never known that he hit me. Wow. And I could never, I could never work that type of style. There's snug and then there's stiff. I work a snug style, meaning my stuff is going to be there, but in the safest of ways. Have I slipped before and caught guys? Absolutely. It happens to everybody. Sabu would apologize before every third punch. Sorry. Boom. Right in your jaw. I I will say this, watching that match last weekend, Warriors are wrestling with you and Brian Pillman Jr. When I saw you get bloodied, it woke me up. Like like that that intentional or not, you know, I don't know watching it as a fan at home on TV. Like I was like, "Oh shit." Like cuz I'm thinking, "Oh my god, Brian Pillman Jr. is going to regret that bloody nose dump." It it added to the match. It added to the story that you guys were telling. Now, did I bloody him back up? No. Did he deserve to be bloodied back up? Yes. Why didn't I bloody him back up? I don't know. Why? Because I knew it's just a young kid who's really hyped up and excited. And if he's excited, that's good. I can always reel him back in. It's hard to push them forward. If I needed to push him forward, that means I would have had to light him up first. So the minute I get popped in the nose and I know my nose is bleeding, you know what the first thing I do is? I smile in my mind and then I blow out through my nose so all the blood splatters across my mouth so people can see more blood. Now I know Pillman is into the match. I know he's amped up from the promos. He know, I know he's amped up because I laid some stiff shots in on his father. Now he's going to be amped up for the match. There's a, there's a gif out there of him running into me and I clothesline the piss out of him. He won't forget that clothesline, but I didn't bust him open. I didn't recede him because I knew what he did to me was not intentional. He was just hyped up, and that's what I want. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. 
Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. You can listen to Jeff Lewis live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply.